would like to talk about aliens and UFOs today. And I was like thinking about this. Um, I, I didn't know what we were going to talk about today. Um, but when I had my experience a couple of days ago, I was like, I think it's time. And uh, people like some of the people in like the lives have been requesting it. And I know some people have been messaging me like, Hey, can you talk about this? Hey, can you bring this up? And so I kind of want to talk about aliens and UFOs. So if you guys want to talk about that too, or you have an experience you want to share, uh, we would be happy to hear about your experience. Um, what do you think about aliens and UFOs and all that stuff? Um, I absolutely, sorry, I'm still trying to handle that situation. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, um, I believe that aliens exist. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that a lot of our science and technology information mm. absolutely must be coming from somewhere else mm. because it's just, sometimes it's so amazing the things that we are able to accomplish. It's like, where'd that info come from, you know? And I know that there are some thoughts about whether or not they are the ones who built the pyramids. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, like, if you look at it, that's, that would take a lot of human energy. So, I don't know. I, I've never had an experience where I thought I saw one or, you know, like a UFO or anything. But I absolutely believe they exist. And I can't remember the name of that movie um, that I really liked growing up, which was weird. It was the one where the guy got... Um, taken mm -hmm. and he came back and he was all like weird was that the one where he, when he I came back he was like it. naked like the uh, lights in the sky yeah was it like yeah fire in the sky yeah. that's what it, fire in the sky that's what yeah it yeah mm -hmm. yeah and i mean that i i like sci-fi and that kind of stuff you know like i'm totally a twilight zone fan always have been and every time they had an episode where there were aliens like i remember my favorite one was to serve man and the aliens came and they were interacting with the humans and they thought that um, like they were going to help them. Mm -hmm. And, and they were trying to prepare them for, for dinner or something like that. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was, it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm into it. I just, I've never had any experience. I'm interested to hear what you're going to say about how you have interacted or experienced um, mm -hmm. extraterrestrial um, beings. Uh, also, what are your thoughts on that area 51? Mm. God, that's a whole lot of stuff there. Like my brain is just reeling from all of that. You know, I think this, this is one of those topics where I love to talk about it, to think about it. I love watching stuff that dives into it, but at the same mm -hmm. time, I'm also super skeptical with a lot of the information out there. Cause I, I believe that there's a lot of stuff out there that is just, people sharing stories or telling stories. Um, and I believe that there's a lot of stories that are not accurate or that they've been overly embellished. And so you kind of don't know what actually is true or not. I've always, mm -hmm. I, I, I never really, I, when I was a kid, I didn't really buy into it at all. I thought that this, this was like fairy tale stuff. It's like, Oh, it's in the same pile as like mm -hmm. leprechauns and Santa Claus. And so I didn't really think too much about it. And then when I started watching Star Trek when I was a teenager, I felt way more intrigued by the idea that maybe we're not the only ones in the universe and there's, you know, plenty of mm -hmm. other races and beings out there. And, but I, 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 I guess approached it more from a scientific perspective. Like, well, it makes sense. Of course there would yeah. be, you know, like we can't just be the only planet with life on there out there. There's like what? 
you know, mm-hmm. countless other systems out there that could hold life or have life. So mm-hmm. that that was where I left it. And then watching Star Trek, because Star Trek kind of conditions you to want to buy into the idea of other races and other planets. And the, the idea, mm-hmm. what intrigued me about Star Trek was that the idea or the concept of the whole show is that Earth was visited by these alien beings, the Vulcans, and they mistake they made the mistake of thinking that Earth had evolved to a certain point because mm-hmm. someone on the planet, a scientist on Earth after the Third World War um, in the show, uh, a scientist created oh. this, yeah, <laughs> so he created this uh, type of, tra- uh, it, it was a, um, a system of traveling through space at warp speed, so it's like faster than the speed oh. of light. And when he first tested it out on his first test into space, testing out this new engine, there was a Vulcan ship that was going by and it caught their sensors and they have this rule. We don't make contact with any species or planet unless they've reached or achieved warp capability, because that's a good gauge Mm -hmm. to assess whether they're technologically, technologically advanced or not. And if they're that technologically advanced, they probably haven't killed themselves. So they're probably smart enough that they are able to, you know, be a peaceful race or, or, or evolved enough Mm. in that way. So they made the mistake of landing, you know, in Arizona, I think, or somewhere or Montana or Arizona or something. They landed, you know, Hey, we're the Vulcans. And then the humans are like, what's going on? You know? So they were stuck with us because they just, they just basically contaminated the earth by showing up and introducing themselves and saying, Hey, there's an entire galaxy universe out there full of aliens or species. And so we weren't prepared for it. We were not even on the level of technological advancement to to receive that kind of introduction or connection. Um, first contact is what it's called, first contact. So mm-hmm. they were like, crap, now we're stuck with these fools. And so they felt it mm-hmm. that it was their responsibility to help us evolve and progress to the level where we could engage mm-hmm. with the other planets because now that they had incont- they contaminated our our, evol- our natural evolutionary process, um, yeah. now they kind of had to take control of it. So they stuck around, helped us evolve for about a hundred years until we were able to go out and start traveling and exploring this, the, mm-hmm. the, the galaxy in the world. And so that was the beginning of this, you know, collaboration with us and this other species. And then as time went on or another hundred years, fast forward, um, we, basically were a federation of different planetary mm. systems over a thousand planets okay. and a thousand species were part of this union. And the thing was this, we're going to protect each other. We're going to help each other. We're going to support each other with resources, but we all have to contribute as well. That was pretty much the deal. And then mm. there were rules that go along with that. So it formed this federation of, or this organization that basically was, and it, it held a lot of territory in space. So that was the overall idea of, of Star Trek. Pretty interesting, pretty, you know, intriguing. So fast forward several years and I used to be a nanny for my cousin. I used to like live with my cousin and I would babysit, I would take care mm-hmm. of the baby, you know, day and night when they were at work. And I would stay up at night and I would listen to like the Art Bell show. Um, and it was this program on, um, the middle of the night, it was like a four hour show. And there was this guy named Art Bell who was like, he was out in the middle of nowhere. I think he was in, in um, Nevada in the middle, in the high desert is what they called it. And 
he his show was like this late night fringe show where they talked about all kinds of stuff. They talked about aliens and the the bulk of his followers were like truck drivers because truck drivers used to listen mm-hmm. to the show a lot because they would be up all night driving and it would keep them awake enough with the interesting stories and stuff. And Silver Brown had been on there several times and other people had been on there as well. And there was a guy on there one night and I stayed up one night listening to this. There was a guy on there named Philip H. Kraft. I believe I believe that was his name. He was a he was a reporter for a writer for either, I don't know if it's the New York Times or the L.A. Times. And so this was a legit person, and he wrote a book about his encounter or experience with these this species of extraterrestrials called avertance. And mm. he so he had retired. He was you know spending most of his time at home. Every now and then he would take a drive up or, you know the coast or whatever. But he lived in California, and um, his wife had gone on a trip to see her mother. He was at home on his own, and suddenly one night he was taken. And so the book is mm. about his experience dealing with these this race of extraterrestrials called the Verdants. Um, and he, he swore it was a real story and this was real and that he wasn't mm-hmm. lying. And there's some validity there because he was a New York, he was a time, he was a writer, et cetera. Um, and the story goes is that he was taken up into this ship. The ship was just a smaller craft, which actually took him to a larger craft that was parked on the opposite side of the moon. And that on that side of the moon, there were actually other, that side of the moon is colonized by different extraterrestrial races and they all have their own little sections and they have an agreement that they're not supposed to interfere or they're not supposed to engage with us to a certain extent, but there were still these like secret agreements with different governments of the, of the world and that they Mm -hmm. were basically just, they were occupying that part of it. Cause you know, if you, uh, if, if people who don't know anything about the moon, there's a side of the moon that we will never see because it rotates mm-hmm. at the exact same it matches the, the rotation of the earth so as the earth turns the moon turns around it it always has one side facing away from the earth and so apparently these bases and these colonies or these um, facilities are on that side of the earth on that side of the, of the moon and we will never see them they're always protected by by being on that side um, and so the verdants had a mothership or a main ship that was on that side of the of the moon and he was taken there and they basically said, you're not, you know, cause he was going through this whole examination process and they said, you're not going to, you know, go through the whole process. We need your help. Um, and so what they told him was that there had been an agreement that human humanity was supposed to evolve to a certain point, And that after they got to a certain point when they were, it was obvious that they were going to be interacting or engaging with, with um, further areas of space, not necessarily the area around earth but going past that to a certain point um that there would be introductions made or that we would basically have the opportunity for first contact because we weren't just going to be able to go out and do whatever we would have to be introduced properly and integrated into all of the other races and species that are kind of also have you know their own investments in this system and in the other parts of the galaxy in the universe so the story was like just ridiculously insane but he's you know the, what the verdant told him is that there was a federation of planets or a federation a union of these worlds and not everybody was a part of the federation but there were some and that some of our own some of our own stories and movies and some of the own mm-hmm. some of the stuff that we've seen in shows and in television and even in star trek that there were like 
inter intentional pieces of information that were put in to start to condition humans to the ideas of so what, wake up. right. Not so much to wake up, but just to become familiar with different types of technologies and different types of mm -hmm. potentials with different species or types of, you know, so that was the idea. And so they were preparing for all of these changes that were about to happen and, um, and that they needed his help because they wanted him to write some paper or something to help with some of that, because it wasn't just that one person was going to be responsible for all of this. It was that leaks or information would be released around the planet at different parts at different times to condition and to get people prepared. And when you put it all together, it kind of brings the story together of all those different pieces and that a lot of people who were famous or people who were, you know, diplomats or politicians who were key pieces were be would be a part of this like unveiling of this first contact type thing and that this is how it always had been done for a long time etc so that was the story <clears throat> so i thought it was like fascinating and amazing and i was like oh my god this sounds just like star trek um mm -hmm. well i was gonna um, say that it's very similar to what you just yeah said it sounds star very trek. similar i was like oh my god this is like st ideal star trek um so this was like in the late 90s because I think this was like 99 or 2000 that the story came out and I was like fascinated. And I was like, after that, I was trying to read as much as I could about the idea of extraterrestrials and aliens. And I became more interest interested because I was like, if this is a reality, um, I want to know more. I want to know as much as I can. So one year later, supposedly the, the contact or first contact of the Verdants and other races were supposed to happen at that time. It didn't happen because 9 11 happened. 9-11 happened yeah. and took over the entire like idea of what was going on in the world at, at that time. And it was, it basically like trumped what was supposed to come out at that time. It like, mm -hmm. you know, popped, pushed it out of the, out of the, so then he went on and he wrote an additional book about how that first showing of themselves was scrapped because of what happened with 9-11 and that they were going to wait until we were mm -hmm. not blowing ourselves up again because apparently we had reached a period where we were at a more peaceful place. And then all of a sudden that triggered all these other things to happen. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he came back with the second book. Um, and then I read that one and I was like, well, that's all craziness. But, and that was it. That was the end. I, I didn't really hear much about him or the story and it didn't really become a very popular story. It was one of those random things that like, it's one of those, it's like Roman Michelle's high school reunion. A lot of people, when it first came out, it wasn't really popular. A lot of people didn't really like, like it mm -hmm. over time. It became this cult classic. And so people in the yeah. UFO community or people who are really into ufology, they probably have heard the story of Philip, Kraft, Philip H. Kraft and the Verdants. Um, so over time I've read other types of stories and other people's like versions of what they've experienced with these extraterrestrials and it, and this just expands and becomes a rabbit hole because once you start reading into this yeah. it's like where do you tell the difference between what's real and what's a story and it gets mm -hmm. really complicated one thing that i know and that i am i feel i feel absolutely certain of is that we are being visited by races of beings or people from other places mm -hmm. that are not earth that I feel confident about. And I feel confident that those 
races or people have been visiting this planet for a long time and that it is kind of mm-hmm. become a part of it's it's ingrained in our history on this planet um and if you watch any you know if you watch shows like ancient aliens and all these other shows and series they really go into depth about all of the different ideas and places where they could have had an influence or they could have affected the mm-hmm. growth and the evolution of our people. But when I think about that, I'm like, well, you know, if they're not supposed to engage with us or interact with us, it sounds like they've already done a lot of that. Um, and there are old documents yeah. and files <laughs> that apparently the U S had worked out an arrangement with a race of extraterrestrials who had, well, the story goes, this is a, sh- a short story. Um, we had been contacted, the U.S. military, the U.S. government had been contacted. This was, I think, was, which was, when was this? This was, uh, um, this was before um, JFK. So this was before John F. Kennedy. So this is going to go back. I think Eisenhower would be the first one. Um, Ike. Yeah, because he was mm-hmm. Ike, right? Yeah, Ike was, yeah. <clears throat> that, and this takes us back to Roswell and takes us back to what happened here. By the way, um, that the supposed Roswell incident, y'all, did not happen in Roswell, New Mexico. It actually happened, I think, in Corona, New Mexico, which is just outside of Roswell. So it didn't actually happen in Roswell. How ironic. Yeah, so people don't, they like, oh my God, Roswell, Roswell. You go to Roswell, Roswell is like Beaumont. It's like flat. There's just a bunch of stores. It's a little bit, you know, grungy. There's some places to see and maybe like a UFO museum, but it, there aren't no mountains. Yeah. There are no hills. It's completely flat. There's literally nothing there. You can drive through town like within 10 minutes. It's like that small. So there's just really not a lot to see there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Roswell. Oh, my God. I, I could not wait to watch that show every week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I never saw the original WB show, but I saw um, the newest the newest series. The newest series is actually much closer to ideas around the the Roswell incident, but the, the new series was taped here in Santa Fe. It didn't happen um, in Roswell because the scenery there is like nothing. So they shot it here in Santa Mm. Fe. So all the scenes that you see in Roswell was shot here in Santa Fe and also in a little bit up North, about an hour or two up North as well. So apparently the first, so, you know, we had the whole, um, thing that happened with um, Roswell, which was actually Corona, Mm -hmm. Corona, uh, New Mexico. Um, And there's a bunch of different stories about what happened there, but the consensus through a lot of different sources is that it was pilot error, that there was just either there was an electric electrical storm or there was some interference with the technology of the craft and it interfered with the magnetic storm or with an electrical storm. And it just, it crashed and it wrecked. And then the government got a hold of that. And then they started reverse engineering some of that. Um, and there are a few people who have, come forward over the years who have actually shared their story or talked about that. Um, and so there's a, a several documentaries that I would definitely um, suggest. Um, but okay. so after that, we were apparently contacted. We were aware at that point. We were definitely aware. Um, there had already been an incident prior to that, a couple of years prior to that here in New Mexico, again, on a different type of area of New Mexico. And then there was mm-hmm. Roswell. So the U.S. government was very aware that something was up and that we were like being visited or that they were, these craft were coming into our atmosphere and that they were from different planets or they were not from this world. So then apparently our government got contacted by a race of extraterrestrials who I think they were called the, the Nordics and they claimed mm-hmm. that they were from a different planet. Um, some say it was a Pleiades, some say it was Andromeda, mm-hmm. but that they wanted to, they wanted us to start de- demilitarizing 
and getting rid of our nuclear weapons and that they would help us and give mm-hmm. us technology. No, I'm sorry. I think that they, they weren't going to give us anything, but they wanted us to stop developing our nuclear weapons because it was mm-hmm. a danger not only to the environment of the planet, it was going to you know cause a lot of harm to the planet, but it also, every time a nuclear explosive went off, it would cause issues within a kind of like a frequency of space or time or whatever and it was creating all kinds of Mm -hmm. havoc and they wanted us to stop um and that we did not need to engage or interact with the this other race of extraterrestrials which some say it was Mm -hmm. the greys some say it was the reptilians you know and i'll show you guys um a picture of that but so they told us not to contact them because they were going to they were not going to help us they were actually going to take advantage of us or or help you know Mm -hmm. basically not do anything for us in a positive way. So of course we told them, well, we're not going to stop developing, um, our crop, right? That's somebody. I know. It's like, I did your way off. Okay. (laughs) So you, you might go, you might be able to come on here. I was at Ross. Well, have you No, that's not what happened. Well, no, there's a lot of different stories. I'm not saying that this is the story. I'm saying that there's a lot of mixes. Um, there's a lot of, uh, different variations of this, but I'm kind of just giving like a basic understanding. So I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not a ufologist. I'm just a novice. So I'm going to need you to to accept that, but that's the, that's it. (laughs) But, but you know, I'm not a ufologist y'all. I'm just giving you like a basic idea of what I've heard from all these different, cause there's so many different things that have been put out. Um, so we weren't supposed to engage with those other species. Of course, we didn't listen. We engaged with these other species. And then we had an agreement. I think this was during Eisenhower, during Ike, where we were going to basically let them take some people, use them for experiments, conduct their own experiments in our on our territory, and that they would um, give us technology or they would provide us with some stuff. So that was some, some other piece to the story or whatever. And so then after that, then we've just developed and reverse engineered and have all this technology. So there's so many different like Mm -hmm. branches of this and it's like a spider. It's, it really is a rabbit hole because when you start reading into it, this person says this thing, this person says this thing, this person says this thing. There are only like only few stories that are cohesive that have enough people who are witnesses who can really like pin it down but you've got so many different variations of these stories that it's kind of it's it's ridiculous and you don't really know what to believe yeah. um, but like where do you start with that you know where do you what do you even what do you even think that is real and what's not real i can't i i don't know like i think it's hard for me to and that's with anything i think that's why i always have to like have like falling down the steps for spirit to talk to me because I'm like, no, that doesn't exist, you know? So like, I think for me, I would really probably need to like see a legit alien so that I could say for sure, this is how it is. Well, and And then you watch my ass get kidnapped tonight or something. (laughs) Well, then, then you throw in the, you throw in the, the piece, this other piece of, of that, because there are people who have done, you know, regressions on people who have been abducted and there are people who are mm-hmm. saying, yes, these are legit abductions. These people have had an experience while you've got other people who are psychiatrists and psychologists saying, no, they're, they're trans, they're, this is transference. They're basically imposing their own fears and anxieties and their own childhood like yeah. experiences. And they're using the idea of UFOs as a symbol in their experiences, but it's not an actual alien. So it, it gets really convoluted 
And, and so I don't honestly know what to believe or what not to believe. What I believe is that we are being visited by people from other places. The U.S. military has already confirmed that there has been some stuff going on and that they have been interested in this. Um, and you look in at the work mm -hmm. of, um, what is that guy's name? Uh, he conducted a lot of investigations and there's not even a show, um, about him. I'm sure all will probably tell me what the sh name of the show is. Um, but <laughs> because he seems to know everything, he's a know it all, so, <laughs> but I think, um, it's that show. What is it called? Uh, it's this show. Anyways, there's a, there's an, uh, there was someone that was hired by the military to conduct investigations and he was going around and he said mm -hmm. a, bulk, a bulk of the stories in the book of the stuff was just people making up shit. And it wasn't real, but there was a lot of stuff he found that wasn't, you can explain it and he couldn't really say what it was. But I know from my com conversations with Aja that we are being visited and that there are other races in other parts of the galaxy and that they have been coming here and interacting with us for a lot longer than we believe. And not only that, but we're, you know, we're older mm -hmm. as people, we're older than we believe as well. And that, you know, we've kind of gone through these different cyclical patterns over yeah. many, many, many like centuries. So, um, there's a lot of all that, that you kick into gear. So personally, I've always wanted to see something. I've always wanted to yeah. witness something myself. And, I know two people who have had direct experiences. I, my best friend, you know, she and her father mm -hmm. saw um, a craft. They saw a saucer shaped craft um, when she was a child and she remembers it clearly. Mm. And she tell, I believe her because, you know, she's like, there's no reason to lie um, because I, apparently I'm the only person that she's ever told. So that's one. Wow. And then um, I have a friend that I've, I made here in Santa Fe. And one day we were, cause we were invited to a birth, uh, birthday party. We showed up and she's like, I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I was like, you know, what do you think is going on? Have you seen UFOs here? You know, cause New Mexico, come on, I should be able to see something here. I hadn't seen anything yet. And she right. was like, yeah, it's actually my friends. And she said, she showed me a picture. They snapped several pictures and it's basically this like boomerang shaped, completely white, like almost like the, the brightness of the sun, but this boomerang mm -hmm. shaped craft and they caught p several pictures of it going by in the sky and it was on a ranch that they caught it. And I think this was like up in Montana or somewhere up there. So that was a picture that I saw yeah. and I was like, that looks pretty legit. And she was like, yeah, I know these people. There's like no reason for them to lie. And they, they don't want me to tell anybody. I'm the only person that apparently they shared this with, but I'm sharing it with you. So don't tell anybody. I'm like, okay, so here I am mm -hmm. on, you know, on, 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 pod on podcast live, <laughs> you know, telling people. So, but it's not like I said names, right? <laughs> Just going to talk about it. Yeah. It's yeah. not like I said names. I mean, mm -hmm. she's protected. So, so my direct experience, right? Let me share my direct mm -hmm. experiences because I have a few. Yeah. So my first experience, do you remember that movie that came out, which was, it was just, a, it was like hot, really like overdone movie, but it was, um, that girl, she was in the wheelchair and she was talking kind of funny and she was supposedly telling her story and it was like, what was it? Um, encounters of the fifth kind no encounters of the sixth kind i think or something like that and she was like and it's at a table and it's supposedly it's like they're interviewing her and she's like and and i i, I you know she talks oh. like that do you remember do you remember what that was and like she tells her story oh, i can tell you right now hearing that that's probably something i was like nope okay well <laughs> i didn't buy like when i first saw just a small clip of it i was like oh my god that's like so made up you know but they were trying to like throw it out there like it was a real story but 
Yeah. Two weeks before that, two weeks before the fourth kind. Yeah. The, the, well, there's, yeah, maybe the encounters of the fourth kind. Cause I know it wasn't the Steven Spielberg one where the guy, you know, what's his face went up to the mountain. It's not that one. This was like just, you know, in the last like 10 or 15 years. Um, but I think there was a movie called just the fourth kind. Yeah. Oh, it might in be 2009. Yep. That's it. And it does. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes the fourth. Kind. So, okay, yeah. So two weeks before I saw that, because I didn't even want to see it. I thought it was stupid. Um, just by the sample that I saw. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, I had a dream and in the dream I was outside somewhere. There was a, it was like a, it was like an environment. And it's funny cause it was like a tent or a party or people were there for some reason. And I was sitting there and I was just sitting on this like recliner type thing. And I almost feel like it's my, like my chair, but I was sitting there mm. And I was just watching everybody and just watching what was going on. And I look to my right and I look and there is an owl there, just an owl, a white mm. owl with big eyes. And I was like, oh, how pretty, you know, and for me, owls are very symbolic of spiritual energy and spiritual you know, creatures because they, they, yeah. it's kind of like a the in between. So I was like, OK. And then as I watched the owl, then it changed and it was a gray alien and it turned into a gray alien mm. and it was just staring at me and I was staring at, it. I was like, okay. And I just thought that was a weird dream. And then I woke up. That was it. That literally was all that I remembered about that dream. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to two weeks later, I'm watching that movie, the fourth kind. And apparently one of the, the, the ideas in the movie is that people were being abducted by a race of aliens. And right before they would be abducted, they would have these dreams where they would see an owl and they oh, would see no. an owl at their window or they would hear an owl or, or see an owl. And then it would actually turn into like, it would actually, it was a gray alien. Um, and so mm-hmm. when I saw that, I was like, what the hell? I, was, I felt like I was in the twilight zone. Cause I was like, what yeah. the hell was going on or what was that about? You know, I didn't, I didn't understand what the hell that could mean. So I, I never understood that. And I kind of didn't go anywhere with that. Like that didn't go anywhere for me. It's like, okay. So fast forward, um, I got here, I moved to New Mexico and then I, every night, you know, especially in the first few months, I would just sit outside cause you have such beautiful skies. And if y'all follow me on Instagram and on Facebook and stuff, I'm always sharing, you know, night sky pictures because we have such a beautiful view of the sky and the stars. So I'm always looking out and I have apps that show me cause you know, every, in the beginning we would see satellites and we would think they were like, Oh my God, it's like, you know, it's just a satellite and it's catching the light in a certain way. And it, it, you know, gets brighter and it dims. Um, and so we would mm-hmm. use the apps and we would like do all this thing with the apps. Um, mm-hmm. and so, um, we, we, we gotten pretty good at figuring out what's in the sky and what's not in the sky. Um, and I can tell you what planets, what now, because I've gotten so used to seeing them, but mm-hmm. several months after we, we had moved here, we were outside. I think that night I had had a few drinks, um, cause we were drinking a little bit and I had a few drinks, but it's not like I was drunk and I was like slurring or stuff. I was, I was still very much aware, but it, you start getting a little bit like relaxed and you start getting a teeny bit, mm-hmm. a teeny bit tipsy, not too much, but a teeny bit tipsy. And so we were out there talking or whatever. And then we heard a plane going by and then we saw another plane going by. And as it flew over, there was two jets. So there was two jets going by and actually we'll show y'all the picture. Um, cause I want y'all to see the picture here. So there was two jets going by. Um, and it's, it's the first picture, the one where it's two jets. So there was two planes going by. And as the two planes are going by in the, in, right behind this, the first one, like it was so close. I was like, what is that? And right behind it, there was this triangular shaped craft and the two, I knew that the two jets or the two planes were planes because they had their like call signs or their call beacons. Those like 
you know, lights that kind of blink, um, mm-hmm. off and on. So I knew that they were planes because they, they had the two, the red and the, the green on each side. And they were, they were, they seemed like they were the size of like a private jet or a private plane. It didn't feel like a, a military jet. It just felt like a private jet. Um, and they were smaller and they were close enough to us. They weren't like way up in the air. They were like pretty close. So they were flying. And then in the middle, closer to the first one was that triangular shaped craft. And it had these lights, only lights. It didn't have any call signs. It didn't have any red or green. It just had these very dim orangey lights. And it was as if they were, they were like either I'd, because it was so close to the first one, I was like, is it like tugging it or is it? And I thought yeah. to myself, cause you know, in Houston we have those planes with the signs that they fly, you know, and they, sh- yeah. they carry. So it reminded me of that. And I'm like, is it carrying like a sign or something? Cause I thought maybe that's what it was, but it just, they were just very synced up and it was just, it, it wasn't, it didn't seem like it had any engines. It just had that triangle. And I was like, okay. And Ed was like, did you see that? And I was like, yeah, I did. And it it felt like they were either transporting it somewhere or they were escorting it somewhere. It's kind of the vibe that I got from just seeing Mm -hmm. that. And it was at the time of day where it was dark enough that it was like right past twilight. So it wasn't night, but it wasn't light. It was kind of like there. So if you weren't looking, you were probably going to miss the triangle craft because the two planes you could see very well, but the triangle craft was just like, and I was like, and I was like, and I even got mad at myself. So I was like, God damn it. I wish I wasn't drinking because I wish I could, I wish I could see more clearly, or I wish I could make that out more yeah. clearly. But it was, I was still a little tipsy. I was like, okay. So afterwards, you know, I remembered that and I was like, but well, that's just weird. And I talked about it with Ed afterwards and like, he forgot completely, like, he says he doesn't remember seeing that triangle at all. He says, I remember mm. the two planes. I don't remember the triangle. And I was like, come on. Like, are you kidding me? Like it was right there. Like it was right there. And he was like, I, I don't remember that. And I was like, babe, you said like, did you see that? So I assumed you were seeing mm-hmm. the same thing I was seeing, which was the, the two planes in the triangle. Yeah. And he was like, you know, no, I think that, you know, I don't, I think you're the only one that saw that if you, if you saw it. And I was like, so I thought I was going crazy. So I was like, okay. So yeah. then a few, ni- a few nights ago, so, so fast forward later, fast forward several months last year, I was trying to understand like the idea that, cause some people, they go into the desert and they meditate and the way that they meditate basically causes these phenomena in the sky and they believe it's UFOs and ships flying around in the sky. And they do this mm-hmm. every, and, and Stephen Greer, I think he's one of the ones that leads these like, you know out into the desert kind of gatherings and they have a lot of like video evidence to support this. And he's done several documentaries, not only that, but he's like legit. I believe he legitly cares about the phenomena because in, I think it was in the early and maybe I will correct me because I don't know the exact date, you know what, but, (laughs) but this was, um, I want to say this was in the, in the, either the, the early, I think it was the early two thousands or the late two thousands where he got a crop load of people who served in the military, who worked for the government, uh, politicians to come together and they held a national conference. All of these legit people who worked supposedly worked with the, either the, the different, yeah, see, yeah, Mark, Mark Price is saying yes. So 
So I thought, well, this is interesting. And, you know, the, the premise is that some of these races are telepathic, that they actually want to connect mm-hmm. with us, but they're not going to be invasive and that they want to just kind of, they want us to accept them first before they make themselves present. Cause if they just land, you know, in the middle of some place, they're probably going to get blown up. You know, that's the premise. Yeah. Um, Especially so right now. I know, I know. Um, so if we meditate, and go through this whole routine of taking our consciousness into the sky, going up into space and allowing our mm-hmm. consciousness to find a craft or where these beings might be, then we can basically merge with their minds and then bring them back by showing them visuals of where we are in the world so that they can come to mm-hmm. our present location. And I thought, okay, well, that sounds interesting. So I downloaded the app from Stephen Greer. I did it once and I was like, nah, I, was like nah, I, don't know. I didn't really, I wasn't feeling it. Um, so I left it at that. Mm-hmm. A few weeks later, I was walking, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was like two or three o'clock in the middle of the night. Woke up, I walked over to the kitchen because I was thirsty. And I kind of, I don't, I don't ever wake up to go to the kitchen. I never wake up in the middle of the night like that. I may wake up to go pee, but I didn't go pee. I just woke up because I felt like I needed to wake up and go get some water. So I went, got some water. And then as I was walking back, you know, our, our windows are pretty big and there were the windows, the, the uh, blinds were up and I could see the stars just sparkling through the windows. And I was like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. And I just almost felt a summoning to go out there. Um, and mm-hmm. I didn't really know why, but I felt like I needed to go outside. And so I went, I put on like my heavy robe, my put on some socks, etc. Ed woke up and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I just, I feel like I need to go outside and watch the stars. He's like, okay. And then he went, to, went back to sleep. So I went outside, sat out there and I just sat there and stared at the sky and the stars. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. guys, I'm here. Make yourselves known to me. I would like to have a connection with you. If you exist, I'm, I've been wanting evidence for so long. Give me something, give me like, I want to know. So I did the meditation. I said, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to do the meditation mm-hmm. and see what happens. So I did the meditation and then afterwards, nothing happened. There was nothing extraordinary occurred. So I was like, okay, but I was out there for a good hour. Then I got too cold and I was like, okay, I'm going to come back inside. Came back, went to sleep, whatever. A few weeks later, we went to Sedona for mm-hmm. Easter. Um, and we stayed at a, at a house out like in the middle of nowhere, but we decided we were going to go hit up the vortices. Cause apparently in Sedona, there are these vortices, these places where you feel energy or there's kind of a, an energy vortex mm-hmm. that exists and you can connect with, and it's interdimensional. And yeah, I didn't know this at the time, but when we went to diff- different places, I would sit there, we would feel something. We only felt something in, at, at one place, which was Airport Mesa, which is the most popular one. Um, and it wasn't just I that felt something. Ed felt something as well. But all the other vortices that we went to didn't really feel nothing. Um, yeah. So one of the places that we went to was this place called Bell Rock. And it's one of the places mm-hmm. that is pretty well known in Sedona because the the, the the rock is shaped like a bell and you can climb it and kind of go up it. So I decided I was going to go. So we went up, we were climbing up. Ed was scared of heights. He didn't want to go any further. I was like, that's fine. I'm going to go higher up. So I went higher and I got to a spot that was, I was by myself and you could see the parking lot. Cause the parking lot wasn't that far away. And, um, you could also see the airport and the planes taking off and going there. And every few moments, a helicopter would fly by with probably tourists who were wanting to see the entire landscape of Sedona. And mm-hmm. I, Took, I decided I was going to take pictures. It was so beautiful. I had to take pictures. So I took out my camera, my iPhone, and I snapped a picture. And then I moved it. Mm-hmm. I snapped another picture. So literally, like I snapped one picture, maybe one, two seconds, snapped another picture. And then I snapped another picture. And so in the course of snapping those pictures, 
I caught something on the picture and I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. But when I got back home, cause I was like, Oh, I'm, I can't wait to share these. When I got back home, I was going through and editing to, you know, make the colors pop and to bring out the, you know, and as I was editing one of them, I saw a little like spot and I thought something was on my screen yeah. because you know how you get something on your phone and you're like, it's just us. And I, so I blew it and it didn't go anywhere. I was like, okay. So then I tried to scratch it. Maybe it's just something that was stuck to the screen. It didn't move. And I was, I was like, what is that? And so I zoomed in and I'll be damned if it looks like a goddamn flying saucer. And I was like, I remember this. I think, yeah, yeah. This is the one that I posted on Instagram when I, when that happened mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it till I got back home and was looking through the, the, the pictures and I was like, what is that? And so, you know, at the time when I thought back to it, I'm like, well, maybe it was an airplane or a helicopter um, because mm -hmm. it, we were near an airport and I took, I remember I caught pictures of a helicopter there and of a plane there mm -hmm. and I, I put them next to each other. It doesn't look anything like it. And I was like, okay, yeah. I remember that there were Ravens kind of like flying by and I thought, well, maybe this was just a Raven like snow diving or, or diving and flying. And so here in New Mexico, here in, in Santa Fe, we have black Ravens, you know, so I went up to one of the mountains and I tried to recreate to see if I could capture a Raven and, and other birds just diving or flying in a certain way. But you could always tell it was a bird. And, and the closest yeah. one I caught was of a hawk where the body's somewhat round, but the, you could still tell the front is a beak and stuff. So I was like, yeah. that's not, okay, this is not a bird. I showed my sister and she's like, well, it's a blimp. I was like, baby girl. I was like, <laughs> uh, we live okay. by Minute Maid Park. I know what a blimp looks like. That okay. is not a blimp. Like I would have been pretty, it would have, I would have been able to very clearly see that, that it was a blimp. And for it to be only in one picture when the other two didn't have it, it's no way a blimp doesn't move that fast in and out of a shot within yeah. seconds. Right. So I was like, this is not a blimp. Um, and so I was trying to figure it out and figure it out. Somebody suggested I call the airport and ask if they had anything in that spot or whatever, yeah. which I was going to do, but I just don't like calling official organizations and then sounding like crazy person. So I haven't, I just okay. never did it. Right. I just never did it. But, and someone said, well, maybe it's a drone. I'm like, it's possible. That is possible. I'm not going to rule yeah. that out. But there's only one company that creates or that has produced a UFO shaped drone and they're out of like Switzerland or out of like Europe and they've only created so many. So, um, and they're, they're a very bright colored, white colored like disc. So it's not this mm -hmm. thing that I captured, which is the darker color. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I still to this day do not know what it is and I'll show y'all a picture cause I'm sure y'all are like, what, Fernie, I want to see it. I want to mm -hmm. see it. So here's the picture. So if you see, you can see a spot up there. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm on bell rock and you can see it kind of way up there in the sky and remember it wasn't there two seconds before and it wasn't there like a few seconds after it was only there in this one image so then when you bring it closer because you're probably like i want to see closer so let me bring it closer here so you can see it so there's it closer hell yeah <laughs> so as you see it closer you can tell like okay that looks like a, a artificial craft that doesn't look like a that doesn't look like a um like a like an animal but you know, you, you can see it. You're like, what is that? And so I thought maybe it's a drone, right? And, but the parking lot was right there and I didn't hear any drone. And for those of you who have ever been around a drone, they're pretty damn loud. You can't really hide that sound because they're pretty, pretty loud. And then the last picture, which I enhanced it, you can see it's yeah. got a, it's, it's got a top to it. So the, the bottom looks almost like it's completely solid. The top is rounded mm -hmm. and it's got kind of like this, 
um, shiny because that's just be enhancing it. All I did by enhancing it was just mess with the contrast and add its added saturation just so that I could tell more detail. And it looks like a disc shaped object. Um, so yeah, I don't know what that is, and I don't know if, and I don't know what that is. And so to this day, I never found out. Don't know, but that happened like a week, a week. I think a week, a week and a half after. I had that, I did the meditation and I asked them to show themselves because I wanted to get some sort of evidence. And then I got evidence without even realizing it until I got back here. Yeah. So I mean, I think it definitely could not could, but I think you're doing the meditation and opening yourself up to it, mm. you know, opened the door to this experience because I mean, yeah. you know, we're all have our antennas and connected mm-hmm. just by being material. Yeah. So, I mean, aliens too. Yeah. Well, apparently, and, and I found this out afterwards, that that area is actually a hotspot for UFOs in Sedona. Mm. But when I went online yeah. looking for other people who maybe have caught something, no one, I, I didn't see anything. But I was like, okay, well, I got mm. something. I don't know what it is. I want to see if somebody else has caught the same thing because maybe I can match it up to it. And I'm not going to say that it's an alien craft, but I'm going to say it is definitely unidentified because I don't know what it is. I even, yeah. I inverted the picture colors um, and I should have put, I should have put that on here too, but I had inverted it. And when you look at the inverted colors, there's a field of energy around the disc that is oh, kind of like wow. rainbow. So it looks like a rainbow colored, like, mm. like sphere of energy around it that encompasses the entire mm. thing, almost like a bubble. And I thought that was weird. And I was like, yeah. okay, well that's odd. Um, but that's, that's what happened. So, um, then some time went on, some time went by and then I had another experience, not that long I want to say this was maybe late last year. And I think this was right before the holidays. And I had seen, I had another dream. And in that dream, I was in the bedroom and there was a craft outside the window of our house. And what's interesting Mm -hmm. is I could, in my dream, it was as if I was right there outside looking at it. But I also knew I was in my bed. So that didn't Mm -hmm. make any sense to me. And it was shining light down and kind of at a slight angle, but it was there and it was just perfectly still, but it was just a dream. I don't know. I don't remember it as a like actual experience. I just remember that. And that was it. But I drew a picture of it and actually I forgot to like load it here, actually load it here and it's going to look crazy y'all, but that's okay. Y'all will forgive me. But, um, that was another dream and I, I don't know what that is either, but it was, um, it was pretty interesting, the craft. And I, I, I drew a sketch of the, of the craft after it, afterwards. Um, I didn't share it on social media. I didn't share it online because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. Um, but it was an interesting dream. So here is that one. Let's see if it shows up here. Ah, there it is. So, and it might just overlap on our screen. So. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So that, so it's almost like, it's like a cylinder and it had like these, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there were windows or they were just like these panels that went sideways. And apparently they were like almost like a bluish color. I don't know if they were lit or not, but it felt like they were lit, but it had this bluish color. And then the bottom, there was this light that was kind of like a yellowy light that was just shining there. And mm-hmm. it was just there. It was just like literally like right there in my dream, just sitting there. And then it was gone. Like it just like vanished or disappeared in my dream. But I don't remember I don't remember interacting or engaging with it in any way. So that was that experience. The last experience I had, because I was like, what? like I asked for experiences, right? And I totally got it was two nights ago. 
Yeah. I don't know if y'all were watching the uh, live that I did with Shannon where we were doing, uh, he was doing channeling and I had asked about some experience that I had when I did a regression and during the course of the channeling, Shannon was apparently channeling this higher being who named him, he called himself Samuel, which is funny because that day I had had two other interactions with the name Samuel. I had someone book an appointment that day mm. named Samuel. And then I also had some other thing pop up somewhere that was a Sam or Samuel. I was like, okay. I was like, it's not a name that I deal with a lot. So I was like, okay. Um, but what he said was that I was going to begin to see things that are not easily seen and that, um, and he specifically said UFOs and aliens, like they're there in the sky. We can't see them because they are cloaked or they're using a type of technology that kind of sh phases them out of, you know, shifts them out of phase. Um, and so we can't see mm -hmm. them. And I, I believe that because I believe that's, that's why we, most people can't see them because they use a technology that they, and they can't be seen. But some people might be able mm -hmm. to see them because their ability to sense vibrations and frequencies may be so sensitive that they might be able to tell, you know? So Ed and I were, and I said, okay. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's whatever. It's okay. If I start seeing things, great. So be it. But I'm like, I'm not expecting a whole lot, you know, and that was that, that was the channeling session earlier that day. Fast forward to the evening time. Ed and I were outside again, same exact experience. We were sitting down. It was night. We were looking up at the stars, the sky. Um, I had vaped just a teeny bit, like just a little bit. So I was relaxed, but it wasn't like I was like, you know, oh, you know, all stupid, but we were talking or whatever. Yeah. And we heard. A plane and we'd already seen a few planes going by commercial jets but we saw a plane coming by and as the plane came by there was a craft in front of it just like the first time we saw it and then there was a smaller jet like a like a private jet behind it like it was escorting it mm. same direction same thing and where i am at we're not that far away from the four corners which apparently there's like a base underneath the four corners area and there is a, an installation there but the craft came by and this time ed was like did you see that and i was like yeah i saw that and we actually i immediately i had my phone i was like oh i'm coming to capture this crap and so i pulled out my phone and i started mm -hmm. recording it's so dark you cannot even see any other craft besides the main the the the, the private jet the private plane, you can mm. see the lights, you can see the call lights blinking and you can hear Ed and I talking to each other. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, what is that? I'm like, do you see that? Do you see the other one? Cause I wanted to make sure he saw that one. He, he's like, yeah, I see yeah, it. Yeah. I see it this time. This one was not a triangle shape. And honestly, I could not make out the shape. I still don't know what the shape was, but it didn't feel like a triangle and it didn't feel like a, a standard plane shape but the lights underneath it were weird. And there were like six, mm -hmm. like five or six lights in like a circular pattern with like the center. So, which is like this, it's like this. And I'll, I'll show you all the picture. Cause I, so it's the second picture down where you see those green lights. So it's almost like the lights mm -hmm. are shaped like an, like, I don't know if it's an octagon or, or what it would be called. And the, the other plane was like literally right behind it, not too far behind it. And it was as if it was escorting, they were going at the exact same speed and they were just kind of going in the same direction and it was escorting it. Um, in that direction mm -hmm. um and so he saw it i saw it i recorded a video of it um y'all want to see the video y it's black yeah, you can't see anything it. yeah you can't see anything in the video um but maybe you can hear us and let me see what is that? see it's got like four or five lights underneath it no that the, the one on front yeah why does it look like that why is it so, um... I think it's a plane that just doesn't have the blinking lights on like the one 
It doesn't like have, but that's, it's a weird look. It's like, it's got like one, two, three, four, five, almost six lights underneath it. That's why you need the binoculars. Yeah. It needs to be going fast, too. It moves weird. It's just weird, and it's, I'm only hearing like one sound or one engine. When they're so close, it probably, it probably sounds like one. Right. That's weird. I don't know what it is. See, oh, there we are. There we are. I was like, what? Where? Where's? What's going on? So there you go. So, um, yeah. So that's that was that happened like two nights ago, and we saw it. I couldn't capture it. I took my video. So I got the video, guys. If y'all know how to invert, because I tried inverting the colors and the the. I tried to invert the film and see if I can lighten it up or to mess with it to see if I can get something to show up. The only thing that I can get to show up is the scenery. Like we can see the, the hills and the mountains here and you can see more of the blinking light from the main like private jet. You can't see the other thing. There's like literally nothing there. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I need to, I need to like see, I want to see this so clearly, yeah. but, and I don't know what shape it was. And Ed said he couldn't make out the shape either, but I, it, the way that the lights were shaped made it seem like it was a circle or an octagon, but I don't, we don't know. And I only felt like I heard one engine and you could hear the engines there. Um, I, if you have two planes and two engines, you can hear it in kind of the way that it bounces off the, the atmosphere. But I could, I, I, I thought I only heard one engine, but it was just really weird. Cause yeah. And it was just like going along with it as well. So, so you feel like, so then these planes are like escorting around these Crap. unidentified crafts mm -hmm. to somewhere yeah. in the direction here. of the four corners, which is where the base is at the, the, uh, the base, because there is a base there, but, um, there's, it's a military installation, but there's also supposedly an underground base. And that's the one that, you know, if like people hear about like the Colorado, if they go to Denver and they see those visuals mm -hmm. and there's aliens there, et cetera. So all of that kind of supposedly is tied in. If I wanted to think about it from like a practical, realistic approach, I would say it's probably an experimental plane and they're escorting it from one location to another. And that may be what it is. Yeah. If I were going to say it's, you know, being practical, but just the shape and the yeah. colors. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really know what to think about that. I mean, it could really be anything. And our government is so dishonest with us about these kind of things. Mm -hmm. Like we wouldn't know what they're doing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so I, I think you're, you're, you're getting closer to abduction. Congratulations <laughs> yeah. in advance. Oh, oh, there was one more dream that I had. Yeah, there was one more dream and I was walking through the hills here, like through the, the, the kind of caverns here. And I was like, I know it's here. I know. And in, in the dream, it's like, I knew that there was an underground base here. So in the dream, I'm walking around, I'm like, I know it's around here. I just forgot where it was at, but I know it was here. I'm trying to remember where it was at. And I was talking to myself, trying to figure this out. Like I knew where this was, but I didn't know. I don't, I didn't remember exact location, but I was like, where is, but it's, it's the rocks that are more towards the Northern New Mexico area. Cause the cliffs and the rocks, they are reminiscent of that, but it sounds like there's something going on. And I definitely feel like I've gotten a lot of experiences or there's a lot of weird things that have occurred, but it's not like I can pin it down to just one thing or to one situation. Hi Mark. Can you hear me? Hi, I'm, didn't know that I was going to be on camera. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a video, it's a video call. It's okay. Did you are you are you still good or you want to you don't want to be on? No, I'm 
I'm fine. There's nothing I can do about it. Awesome. Well, you might need to turn on the volume of your computer because you're, we're going to start to get some feedback if, if there's a, the video and also uh, you communicating as well. I, I turned off the, the sound on my computer. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, what did you think about some of that information and what did, would you like to add to that? I am familiar with Dr. Greer's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that he has the app. I haven't downloaded it, but he did the movie Disclosure, which is available for free uh, on YouTube, I think. And then he also did uh, um, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Yep. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, you can, you can rent that. Um, he's got a lot of good information. You know, he was a, he was a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's got credentials, um, and he knows what he's talking about. You can tell he's very sincere about contacting the, uh, you know, other entities that are from, you know, out on in different frequencies than ours, like you say, they can cloak mm-hmm. and they can your ships and everything. So uh, I, I find him very fascinating. And he even goes into how we will develop technologies where we won't need fossil fuel anymore. Mm-hmm. And then there's that whole, you know, go down that rabbit hole about who's mm-hmm. trying to keep people from being able to do it. So and the other person that I mentioned was uh, Daryl Anka. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with him? Yeah, he he channels Channel- Bashar. And that's a lot of good information from yeah. Daryl Anka. He's been channeling Bashar. Bashar is supposed to be Daryl Anka, I think, 600 years from the future. The future. Yeah. So I don't know how all that works. You <laughs> yeah, know, it gets, everything I, is infinite, no time, no past, mm-hmm. no future. Well, and that's one so, of the uh, that's one of the the challenges when you dive into this because it is a rabbit hole, and there's a lot of information out there from reputable sources or sources that you could take in in a, in an affirmative way. And then there's there's people like 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 David Wilcock and like Corey Good, where you know they've gone they had a show on Gaia and they talk about some of the things that um, that they follow through, follow with or that they hold on. I think Michelle is joining us again. So let me get her back on here. All right, Michelle, there you are. <laughs> are you back? <laughs> I'm back. All right. So sorry, guys. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. So yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel very confident with, um, Dr. Greer because he really is very well informed and he gives a lot of valid evidence and he brings he he focuses more from dealing with all of that from a more scientific perspective which i appreciate because i don't just like to hear stories i kind of want something to back it up even if it's something visually um valid or or proof anything and when we've when when I started hearing about you know David Wilcock and Corey Good and what they were doing on the Gaia series, and how they were talking about the secret space program and how you know we have this whole group of organizations that are pretty much operating independently of the U.S. and of the world governments, that's all very intriguing and I I wouldn't put it past the governments of the past having taken steps or gone in that direction. 
but they always talk about mm-hmm. things where they don't always provide evidence. And David has a big problem where he makes a lot of predictions and he makes big statements that don't end up happening or don't follow through as often. Corey Good, I think a lot of the stuff that he shares, there's a lot of stuff that has occurred that he has said, well, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. But at the same time, when you put pair, pair him up with David Wilcock, it gets a little sketchy. And I don't really put a lot of validity into David Wilcock. I think to some extent he believes what he believes, but there's a lot of times he's made statements and he said some things that have not come true. And he said, you know, I think last year he said, you know, you know, all of these, you know, the, the, the Holly, all of the fires in Hollywood that were destroying all the stars homes. That was all, you know, technology, the satellites started the fires to try to destroy these people. And so I've been told and we've been told by our sources and they tie themselves in with QAnon people, with the QAnon folks. Um, I've been, you know, I've been told and we've heard about the sources that there are no longer going to be fires. We will not see any more big major disasters. There will be no more big fires. There's a hold on all of that happening here. And then uh, the next thing you know, we've got the massive fires in, um, we've got them in, in, in Australia. And then we've got the massive fires in here again, uh, still going on, you know, in California and, and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, well you said, and then we've got these massive storms having hit the U S and different. So I'm like, okay, well everything you, you you just made a big statement and now you're saying that, and, and now it's not happening. It's, it's the opposite has happened. So for me, I was like, okay. And what also is a little sketchy is that, you know, with Corey, cause I was following the posts for a while and there's a lot of extreme minds on there who are following through and don't question. They just, you know, they just eat, the, drink the Kool-Aid, drink the Kool-Aid. But I, you know, Corey Good for a while was running a special where if you pay like $60 or $80, you can get his adult comic book, which is what it is, an adult graphic book, telling his story about his interaction with the secret space program, being abducted as a kid, then being sent back in time and being reverted to an age. So I'll do the story. So it shares a story. And I'm like, well, I'm curious. I want to know what his story is. Out of curiosity, I paid the money. We're supposed to get that book that year, never arrived. The time came and went, never arrived. And then, you know, no, no communication. You could still purchase the book, but no books went out. No comics went out. And then fast forward several months and he says, I'm sorry that the, the book hasn't come out. We've run into some issues. I'm being sued by Marvel comics because of the, the title that I'm using for my, my adult series. And so, but it'll be out in a month or two. Nothing came out. Still waiting okay, everybody, sorry, you know, it hasn't come out yet. And we've seen like images of the book and of the inside of the book, but you know, we're sorry. And nothing happens. And then, so it's going to be about three years now, I think, since I purchased that book. And he's still telling all of us, it's just around the horizon. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And he says, if you want your money back, you can just, you know, tell us, let us know, and we'll send you your money back. And I'm like, well, great. At least you're offering people. And I went off on him. I kind of got a little upset with him and I called him out in his forum. And I said, before you start going out and making grand statements, I think it's important that you actually follow through with the commitments that you have to your supporters, because I paid such and such money. It has been this much time. You haven't kept us in the loop. You don't communicate with us. And you assume that we're just going to automatically accept this unacceptable handling of the situation. 
we're the ones paying you to have a platform and you are not even acknowledging that you've messed up with this comic book and that you aren't giving us what we've paid for. And so I'm still waiting and I haven't heard anything. I've reached out to several of your representatives and everyone keeps giving me the runaround. Oh, you need to reach out to this person or you need to reach out to that person. So then the next day he puts out a video, he addresses it publicly, I guess, because I called him out on it and again, gave us a deadline that I think the deadline was May. Apparently, obviously it's October now, so that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's continuing to spin that. And I'm like, okay. And I, I mean, if they were offering the money back, I would have gone and taken it, except I want to see if they're actually going to send this out. And I want to see if this is going to happen. And for me, it's, it's a it's a small price to pay to see if he's actually going to follow through with his commitments. Because if he doesn't, I can say, um, he's kind of a crook because he took my money and I never got anything for it. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people have not received their books either. So. Well, I just want to say, don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel about it, Bernie. <laughs> right, right. And, and I mean, it, it is what it is, right? I mean, I know I, I'm not always going to be the most politically correct person or the most. Um, well, I'm just kidding around. But, you know, you kind of got to look at the bottom line with these people that have stories after stories mm-hmm. and keep adding to it, you know, are they selling something? So right. I hope you get the book and I hope right. it's worth the money that you spent on it. Right. I hope but, so too. I hope so too. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I mean, they're still promoting and posting and Hey guys, you can now buy the book on this site. And so, you know, and he had a falling out with well, Gaia as well. So. Well, thank you very much for your work and all the mm-hmm. things that you offer people, you know, online for free. It's yeah. really, uh, it's great that you, are in service to people in the way that you are. Well, so thank you. Really, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you coming on and, you know, just chatting with us. And thank you so much for your kind words. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your night and I hope you have an experience soon. Um, so maybe you can have a, a witnessing experience as well. I think I'm going to go outside and meditate in a minute and look up at the stars. <laughs> Do it. Do it. All right, Mark, you have a good night. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, guys, I wanted to show y'all before we forget, before we get off, because people may be asking like, well, you know, supposedly there's like 40 or 50 or 60 different races visiting our world Mm. and we're engaged with several of them, but there's some common ones that have made the rounds that y'all are probably here about. I mean, I found a picture that kind of exemplifies them so y'all can see this. So there are the tall whites, which are the, they're tall. They're very white skinned, very, very extremely pale. They almost look like, um, that character, that powder powder. Exactly. So they look, but they're very tall. Um, and there's actually, um, a book called millennial hospitality where the author of that book, he talks about uh, tall whites that look like that. And then there are the Nordics, which are these light white kind of, they look like basically blonde hair, blue eyed white folks who um, Mm. supposedly there's a, bunch of different, you know, variations of stories behind those people. Some people say that they're versions of humans from the future. Some people say that they're the Pleiadians mm. or the Andromedans. Yeah. It just depends on wh- what you want to attribute to that. There are the greys. The greys are the typical standard, you know, UFO or the alien, mm-hmm. which is the, uh, the big eyes and there are different varieties of grays as well. Some of them are supposedly machines. Some of them are supposedly living people. And then you got the reptilians, mm-hmm. which are these, you know, everybody who talks about the reptilians talks about them. Like they're the evil. They're like the, the, they're the, 
the source of the ideas around the, the, the demons that from the Bible and that they existed in our past and that they weren't uh, trying mm-hmm. to help us and trying, in, in fact, trying to take advantage of us and that they consumed humans or souls or so those are all kinds of stories mm-hmm. behind. And supposedly we made a deal with either the grays or the reptilians. I don't know. There's something around that. So there's all kinds of, you know, I think those reptilians might be getting a bad rap. Maybe. That, that's, I'm, <laughs> only because I'm like, that is pretty heavy. They're the ones who, who are doing all the evil. I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so when you get into like the, the rabbit hole, like the QAnon people, some of them say, oh, well, you know, all the human sacrifices and stuff is because we have deals with the reptilians and we're feeding them. And like, some, all, you, mm-hmm. they tie all of that together. And it's, it just gets a bit too out there that it's just too much. It's too much different stuff that is just it's contradicting each other because when you have valid yeah. sources, that's one thing. But when you have just stories mm-hmm. based around YouTube videos or around people who have personal stories, but it's not substantiated, mm-hmm. it, it dive, it dissolves and it causes all of it to become convoluted and it's hard to find yeah. the truth behind all of that. Yeah. It makes you just not want to believe any of it and say, well, I'll just wait yeah. until I'm abducted. right exactly exactly so interesting but you know that's so that's it guys so i'm i'm hoping you guys found the the conversation stimulating and interesting to say the least um i'm gonna try to do more meditating to see if i can get more evidence or videos or something to give to y'all and if y'all know how to you know maybe adjust the video to try to see if we can find some more because i mean i believe that the the craft has got to be in that video, but I need to find a way to like mess with it so we can find some of the frequencies or colors or something and see if we can see anything that helps to substantiate that. 